0: Well, today our lesson is on restoring worship, and I was telling Sister Simmons that's one of my uh, my favorite topics to talk about is worship. Um, if you ever get a chance, read a couple of books by Brother Jeff Arnold is on the why and wonder of worship. It's it's really good. It's a, compile, a compilation of all of his sermons and stuff, which is pretty interesting if you have ever heard and enjoyed um, Brother Jeff Arnold from Gainesville. He's amazing. And speaking of um, preachers, last Sunday, how many enjoyed Brother Fobert last Sunday? Bread and and boats. Now I'm I'm confessing because of all the times I've heard about and studied and, and listened and and preached even on Noah's and the ark and to boot that this thick headed guy we actually went there in the ark encounter uh, a few months ago and walked through this thing it's an exact replica of all that and you know what I never really thought about where's the rotor where's the steering and there wasn't any Which goes to show me, oh, Lord, we need to trust in God for everything, don't we? All we got to do is make sure we're on the boat. You stay on the boat, and he'll get you there. Praise God. So we, uh, I enjoyed listening to him who's in control of your life. Um, Our lesson starts with Ezra, the third chapter of the book of Ezra, verse number six says this, from the first day, Of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, but the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. Well, kind of getting it backwards, aren't they? I don't think so. We'll look into that. We'll figure it out as to why. It all has to do with worship. Amen. Let's all say worship. Is that not what you're here to do? It is for me, whenever I get a chance, I want to worship the Lord. And listen, it doesn't really, you do not have to be in this building to worship, but it's an awesome thing when we are, and sometimes I worship in the golf cart, sometimes I worship in the hallway, sometimes I worship in the car a lot, turn your tunes on, or we have a a, uh, right now, high-tech stuff, you can use the high tech for your advantage to worship God because you feel the same presence, don't you? Um, I can break down in tears and worship and fall on my knees anywhere when I open up myself to worship the Lord and there's a difference. there is a difference of praise and worship. Um, in our lesson it, in the front it always has the big idea of the lesson is this I will make my life a house. Of worship. Can you say amen to that? Do you know what your life was like before you started worshiping the Lord? Before you actually turned in and got even in more intense of worship and more devotion. Do you remember what that was like? You were trying your best to live and you wasn't getting anywhere. All that was happening was all the the flesh and all of the evil and everything else was taken over. And you really wasn't getting anywhere with God. And you thought that you were happy, but you weren't. You were actually a miserable person, really. But thanks be to God, somebody invited you to the house of the Lord. Thanks be to God, you listened to the preacher and you went ahead and you repented and you were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, now your worship has a whole lot more meaning to it, doesn't it? Ha. The big idea is I want to make my life a house of his worship, don't you? Then it says the truth about God, which goes to say God's house should be filled with the sacrifice of worship. What is that? The sacrifice of worship. Well, I sacrificed to come here. I had to get out of bed. You want to count that as sacrifice. I don't feel good or something. Or I come in with my cane or my crutch. How are you? It's a sacrifice of worship. Don't tell me that God does not honor that sacrifice. It's also a sacrifice of what you have done in the past for what God has, has asked you or has led you to do, like to uh, give up certain things for for him or to get or or you fast certain things it's a sacrifice of praise it's a sacrifice it indeed is a sacrifice of us for we to walk away from the old life that's hard to do but you need God's help to do that and it's a sacrifice of praise that's why the devil hates us to worship God He don't mind you coming through those doors. He don't mind you sitting. He don't mind you just observing and watching what's going on. But he does not want you to worship. And I'm here to tell you that's the best thing you can do in your life. You don't need a degree. You don't need to go to college anywhere. It doesn't cost you anything. All you've got to do is make your mind up. Say, Lord, I'm worshiping you no matter what. (laughs) It's good to worship, isn't it? So on your next job application, you can put that down. I'm a worshiper. Everybody worships something. Everybody worships something. Oh, I don't go to church, but you worship something. Worship your job. Here's the big one. You worship money. Here's a big one. Fits in today's newspaper. You worship power, political power, control over people. Bow down at the altar of Fauci. Don't get me started. Just put your mask on. Ah. So the truth is that God's house should be full of uh, sacrifices of praise and worship. Amen. <laughs> So the prophet Jeremiah prophesied. Now what I want to do is get through our lesson as quickly as we can so that we know where we're at. Um, we're, we're the Jewish people in, is in, in Babylon under captivity. And um, Nehemiah came by and rebuilt the walls, but they needed a temple. That's when Ezra came through and, and uh, God spoke to um, Cyrus God uses the heathen person to, to advance. Don't you, and don't you just love the Lord? That's another way to worship him is we don't normally do this, but because we believe you can handle it, we'll give you the job. We don't normally do this. This doesn't normally happen, but you know what? I know whose hand is involved into it, and, and the, I'm going to worship him even further. I'm going to put another one of these worship feathers in my worship bonnet, if you could. So the prophet Jeremiah prophesied that Israel will be taken captive by Babylon and remain captive for 70 years. During the reign of the Medes and the Persians, God put it in the heart of the heathen emperor named Cyrus to provide the means for the Jews to return to their homeland and rebuild their temple so they could begin the worship to their Jewish god Yahweh. Cyrus also brought out of the temple. This is is amazing because... When God deals with people's hearts, it doesn't matter. They, all the evil, uh, all the bad and everything, since they're on their team, and all of a sudden they start making things that God would make and doing things that Christians would decide to do, and that's what Cyrus did. All the, temp, all the uh, He brought out all the articles and everything that was taken by Nebuchadnezzar out of the temple in Jerusalem so he could use them in restoring The worship back again to Jerusalem. Stay with me here. Just as God stirred up the heart of Cyrus, he stirs up the hearts of the heads of the fathers of the house of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites along with many other Jews. And they arose, the scripture says, to go up and to build the house of the Lord. That's found in Ezra 1 and 5. For so long the land of their exile, the Jews, have been unable to truly worship God according to His word. Seventy years before, God had used a foreign nation to punish them for their idolatry. Now having purged them of it, God was using another nation to bring them back to their land. Soon their relationship with God would fully be restored. And once again, praise to Yahweh would be their priority and would fill the city of Jerusalem. So Zerubbabel was the leader, and under his leadership, 42,360 Jews, along with 7,337 of their servants, traveled back unto Jerusalem and Judea, everyone to his city. To rebuild the temple. Awesome stuff, isn't it? When God turns things around, when God gets involved, nobody can stop it. And things are going to happen for the good. I believe that. I believe that for this country. I don't know why. Call me crazy. But I believe something's going to happen to good. And things are going to start turning around towards God. Talk to me about revival. And I'll talk to you through about restoring worship. About three months after their arrival, their seventh month, which is our September, October, they had come, the people gathered themselves to one man to Jerusalem. Joshua, the high priest, along with some of the fellow priests of Zerubbabel, the civil leader, along with some of their associates, built a new altar on the very spot. The original altar had been in order to be able to offer burnt offerings to the Lord according to the law of Moses. Oh, that just happened. No, it didn't. That's just a coincidence. No, it wasn't. Same spot that God said, Abram, take your son, your only son. Go three days journey. I'll show you where to go. Same spot. That it was before, Than the first temple. Same spot. It's noteworthy that the restoration of their worship occurred before they rebuilt the temple or even had laid the foundation of the temple. Ezra says, from the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, but the foundation of the temple, as we said before, wasn't laid yet. Here's Matthew Henry explanation. He commented on their actions, urging believers to follow their example. From the proceedings of the Jews on their arrival, let us learn to begin with God and to do what we can in the worship of God. When we cannot do what we would do, they could not uh, at once have the temple built, but they would not be without an altar. Got to have an altar, my friend. Even before the building, yeah, got to have an altar. Even when things are still going on, yeah, got to have an altar. Always got to have an altar. What's the first thing that Noah did? Built an altar. What's the first thing that the children of Israel did? Built an altar. What's the first thing that happened here? They built an altar. They begin to worship God the same way that they used to worship. Even though there wasn't a temple to have, they still had an altar altar. so what do we do with that? if there's an important thing in your life that you need is an altar no matter what oh come on roger i i i'm I don't live in the place that i live i I live with my I live in the basement you know that kind of don't know what a basement is <clears throat> <laughs> You know, I don't feel comfortable, it's just a sleeping room, all that kind of, you still build an altar. Why? Because he's done so much. Why? Because if you're in a pickle somewhere, if you're in a situation, God will get you out. Why? Because he's, as they were singing, he's your mighty strong tower. And the righteous run into and are safe. And the Bible restoration is this. When you restore something, it's always in abundance to what it was before. I'm going somewhere, so stay with me. Don't rub your eyes and kick back and say, Rod, you're boring today. Just hang in here. It's always when, when, when the Bible is involved in a biblical way of restoration is always better than it was before. Well, it can't get any better. Yes, it can. When something is restored, it's always better than it was to begin with. God's promise to us is a better way of life. Amen. It's a better future for ourselves and for our loved ones. Amen. In restorations in the Bible, they were always made the victim out to have more than they had before. As an example, the law demanded that if the perpetrator, if somebody stole my sheep and they were found out, then he's got to restore even four more sheep than I had before. So now I've got five sheep instead of one. See how it works out? It's the same way when we worship and when God restores things back. Going somewhere, so stay with me. All that is found in Leviticus, the 22nd chapter. And we won't won't go there and read all the laws, but if you want to, find out. It's pretty interesting, things that happen by accident and stuff. People restored stuff back. It's the way it was. You know what happens nowadays? All right, that's not my sheep. I didn't do that. You can't, me. it's not me. You know, meet me in court, sue me here, or something like that. It's greedy stuff, and then everybody's mad, and, and hatred starts brewing, all that kind of stuff. wasn't that way. Because if you live righteous enough and you restore things the way it was supposed to be, God puts more blessings on you, doesn't he? How many's ever experienced that? How many ever said, well, I'll give my last dollar? That's fine. Why? Because God's got some more coming your way. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Why? Because it's talked about restoration. So here's where I'm at today. Follow my thinking for a minute. All of this COVID pandemic, this lockdown, this lock us out of our freedom of worship and all that stuff that happened, tried its best to push down the church. It was even so far but I heard people that they said, "Well, you got to keep your mask on. You got to do social distancing. You can't have more than twenty-five percent of your of your um, uh, building uh, <clears throat> attendance going on. You, you can only do this. And when you go to church, you can't speak loudly and you can't, you know, voice your They're just trying to shut down the worship. How many's heard of that? How, don't. How many thinks that I'm crazy that I'm so to believe all that stuff? It's happened. People they." And the devil will try its best to put down worship because he knows how valuable worship is. He hates the Christians. If there's anybody that hates the Christians, it's the the communist Chinese party. They hate the Christians. They can't, they can't, they can deal with people, but they can't deal with God. (laughs) What's crazy is God's going to deal with people in a way they can't deal with people. Because God can do something in two minutes' time with somebody. Well, it would take you 20 years to try to get that across to that person. Why? We just read about it. His name was Cyrus. He said, oh, well, I feel like I need to get the, a temple built back in Jerusalem so the Jewish people could go back and worship. Huh. To me, God will restore worship in our churches with a holy anointing, with revival like we've never seen before. Because we know what it's like to be pushed. We know what it's like to draw the chain across say, you can't go to church. We know, and listen, it, I understand people have to sit at home, and I understand that we're on, um, um, online and all that kind of stuff, but there's nothing like being here in person. There's nothing like making the trek. That's what we talked about the last time I was up here, about help, help God, where I, I, I'm, I'm talking about my, uh, my uh, psalm of ascension when I'm going up to the house of God. There's nothing like worshiping and heading towards the house of God. And God even promised that he'll take care of, these, of your homes while you go to worship. It's a thing of God. It's a promise of God. <laughs> so God will restore, I believe, I'm looking for revival. I'm looking for a holy anointing to rest upon this place. Every song we sing, every, every person that we, but we, we have to worship God like we've never worshiped him before. God's got to do his part, yes, and we've got to do our part. Amen to that. So we need to be better in our worship than the pre-pandemic part of our relationship. And that's how, that's one thing that I learned with this. I'm getting closer to God. How many feel they're closer to God than they were before the pandemic? Because of what we've been through, yeah? Try and, till, try and, try and lock us down again. Try and do this. And thank God for our governor. He's not going to let that happen. But the devil will do his best. Okay. I, I, I did all of that to get us to this verse. Hebrews 11 and 6. Some of us can quote that. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Remember the story where the ten lepers came to Jesus. and, and, And the Lord told them to just go show yourself to the priest, which is what they were supposed to do. Because he had stopped the leprosy, dried up the leprosy. <clears throat> so nine of them took off. One of them, Scripture says, came back to him, understood what he did, understood just what, how my life was changed because I came to this Jesus Christ of Nazareth, And he touched me. How my life was changed. The Bible says that he fell down and worshipped him. And of all the ten lepers, that one scripture says was made whole. So if you understand leprosy, it's a nervous condition of the nerves. And you start missing things because you can't feel anything. Those other nine that ran back, look, I'm clean, but I'm missing fingers, I'm missing an ear, and my nose is messed up. And I'll, Okay, this guy, <laughs> because he learned to worship God first. Thank you, Lord, for touching my life. He, he goes to show himself to the priest. Oh, I have all my fingers. My nose is fine. My ear, everything's put back. Why? Because I worshiped him. And he'll make you whole when he worships. Amen. So Jesus told that one leper, he says, your faith has made you whole. Without this faith, it says it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh, let's say cometh, cometh to God, must believe that he is. You believe God is? You believe God is today. You believe God's the same yesterday, today, and he'll be the same tomorrow because he never changes. He's done good to us in the past. He's going to do good to us in the future. But you know what? Today is the day. If I need something from God, i got to believe that he is. That's what brought me to this house. That's what made me get in and drive. Why? Because I've been doing it all my life. And there's something special about this day. It's the day the Lord's made. It's our Sabbath. It's our worship time. Must believe that God, that he is, and that he is a rewarder. Let's say rewarder. Of them that diligently seek after him. Do you think God rewards people that don't seek after him? How many think that he does? I don't. Know. Because when I diligently sought after the Holy Ghost, that's when I got it. When I did not diligently seek and go anywhere. Why? Because God knows my heart. He knows that I didn't mean it. He knows that I just playing around. But when I got serious. And when I diligently sought after him, that's when I got a reward. So if I need a touch from God, if I need God to do something in my life, I'm not going to just do nothing. I've got to worship him with all my mind, with all my strength, with all my soul, with every bit of me. Why? Because he's done so good, but I still need a touch from him. So let's go back to verse 6 again. Without faith's impossible, please him. Come to him, must believe he is. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The word cometh means this approach, to come near, to visit, to draw near, and to worship. The derivative of that word. The word to seek means to search out, to investigate, to crave, to demand, to worship. What? Yeah. So now let's read this again. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him, for He that worships God must believe that He is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently worship him. Fits, works. It's the word. Translates. Works today, doesn't it? That's why I'm a worshipper. I, I appreciate coming and shaking your hand and seeing you and giving you a hug and say, man, how's it going? praying for you, whatever, it's all. but I'm not really here for you. Uh, First of all, I'm here for me because I need a touch from God. Oh, come on, Rod, you've been in this way all your life. Really? Yeah. I still need God's guidance. I still need to hear his voice. I still need to feel the anointing of God rest upon my soul. I still need something in the middle of the night when I wake up. God, you're with me. I still need him to handle my situation. So, yeah, I need a touch from God. That's why I come to him. There's things we have to do. For he that sits back, minds your own business, that's not what it says. For he that cometh to God, for he that worships God. Oh, I'm going to come to worship, I'm going to come to the house of God and worship, but I'm not going to worship because I'm just going to mind my own business and be the same way that I, are, that I am when I come out. I've got to worship him, I've got to know to worship him, amen? <clears throat> so diligent. Diligent means with conscientious and persistent effort and attention. Attention. I can't diligently worship or seek God if my mind's on something else, if I'm busy doing something else. This is why, listen, this is why sometimes I look around and I say, I see people, I don't know why, I see people, and I, I, I got caught the other, the other week up here. His brother Bruce turned around and asked me a question, and I honestly had my phone on, and I was typing notes from what he was saying. I wasn't playing Scrabble. I, I wasn't reading the news. I wasn't flicking through my mail. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. I was actually. So what happens is sometimes people are drawn away and they think that things are so important. That's why these phones are good. But you know what? This can get in your way of worship. Why? Because it, it gets in your mind and it gets you separated. I, I'm not here to follow what, my, you know, the latest news and all that stuff. I'm here to worship God. I'm here to grab something. There's got to be something that comes across this pulpit in a song, in a, in a lesson, in a, in a message, and all that stuff that sticks with your life, that you walk out with. Yeah. My persistent effort and my attention goes to God. So praise, praise Comes from our emotions. I can praise the Chicago Bulls. I can praise the Ohio State University Buckeyes. I can do all kinds of praise. And I can praise God. But you know what praise praise is like it's like you're in a plane and you're you're rolling down the tarmac. Isn't that the greatest feeling? You're in the seat and the seat starts shaking. (laughs) And all of a sudden, you know, they sound like, man, I thought those wheels were round. They sound like they're square. And you're flying by and you've got to understand the people that made the plane and you've got to understand physics that the faster this thing goes, the more air goes underneath the wings and it starts to lift. Even with all that weight and with all that luggage and with all that stuff, it goes and it gets right up there and goes. Praise is something that comes from your emotions. Praise is, is running down the tarmac. It's going down. And you're going. You can praise. But until you get airborne with God, until the presence of God gets under your wings, until you really just turn everything off, and until you get lost in the presence of God, you haven't really started worshiping. Then you go places, don't you? I'm glad I'm a worshiper, yeah? Worship does come from your spirit, where your heart is turned to God. I remember when I was, she's not here. I remember when I was dating my wife. (laughs) Don't say anything. (laughs) Because you experienced the same thing. When they capture your heart, you do anything. You do crazy stuff. You stay on the phone. Back then there was old phones that we had to in the house, hard lines. You stay on the phone for hours. You drive miles, hours you would drive. You spend your last dime to be with them. Why? Because they captured your heart. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's what worship is. When you, get ready, when you worship God, you give him your heart. And you're here to talk to him. You're here to communicate with him. You're here to put your hand into his hand. You're here to come and you close your eyes. It, it doesn't. You don't have to wait for an altar service. That's one thing I love about this church. That I know it's different from any other churches on this street. Is we come down when we feel like it. We stand out in the front when we start worshiping God. Why? Because our hearts are out to Him. So worship comes from your spirit, where your heart is turned to God. I must believe. Now. I don't I don't want to offend anybody, but I must believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently worship him. How many got that? It doesn't say watch him. I can't it's not an inter, this is not an entertainment place. You can be entertained at home. That's the difference. Sometimes, and I understand people that are stuck at home and all that. I understand. But that's more of an entertainment because I can go to church in my pajamas and slippers and eat Cheerios. And say I've been to church. But I sang the song. I listened to the message. It's way different. I understand that's a, that, that, that's, that's a praise level. It's a flesh level. But because of what's happening, because we can't, we can't go back to the pre-pandemic situations in our lives, and it was. God doesn't use something like that for nothing. If there's something that God used through this COVID stuff is it draws us closer. It's actually happened to me. It draws us closer to him, right? Guy's looking at me like I gotta, I'm got i from an alien something. Or. It's bad, isn't it? I'm going to have to have therapy after this. I've got to worship him. I can't come and watch. Just can't. Tried it. I don't. When when I'm a watcher, I don't get involved with the presence of God. I just sit and I'm amazed at how God works on these people. But you, you have to understand why they react the way they react. It's because... They were leprous people, and God made them whole. Or they have something that God needs to do in their life, in their families, in their jobs, or something. That's why they're worshiping the Lord the way it is. I've also learned this, that stuff happens when I worship compared to praise. When I just praise, that's it. But when I worship, something happens. Why? Because my heart's in it. He's got my heart. He's got my mind. He's got my attention. And you tell me that all that stuff that goes together with the word, with the message, with the the music and the song, that that something does not touch your heart and your soul? That's why we bring in the sacrifice of worship in this house. That's what makes this different than any other is God's in this place. And he seeks people to worship him. Let me move on. John 4, 23 and 24. But the hour cometh. Jesus is sitting at the the well with this lady. The hour comes and now is when the true worshipers, let's say true worshipers. There's a worshiper, but then there's a true worshiper. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. That's little s. That's not a big s. If it was a big s, that's talking about God's spirit. But it's a little s. It's talking about your spirit. Worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Here, for the Father seeketh such. To worship him. Remember we started with Hebrews 11 and 6? Believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Same word. Only this time God's seeking worshipers. Do you get how we connect? We have to do our seeking and it meets with him doing his seeking. He's going to find somebody that worships. He's going to look over people that just praise and that are watchers but I want to be a worshiper amen the father seeketh such to worship him for God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth it doesn't say worship him in the spirit how many's ever heard that well you run around here you know we have such crazy church that I hope you better be in the spirit. sometimes we use that as an example and say well I'm waiting for the spirit to move on me to do something where's the faith I gotta step out and start worshiping in his spirit in my spirit and then the spirits connect here God's doing the seeking Hebrews, it was man doing the seeking, Spirit and truth. not in the flesh. That's what that means. You can't worship in flesh. That's praise. And there's nothing wrong with praise. It starts out that way. But in the times that we live, and the things that goes on, I've got to be a worshiper. I can't be a praiser. Not in the flesh. And truth, not concealing anything. Do you think you can hide something from God? Believe that he is a rewarder. Let's stand together. Last scripture and I'm finished. Have me remember the story of Naaman. The the the, uh, the leprous guy <coughs> went down to Israel, found Elisha and Gehazi. And he said, go dip yourselves in the muddy river Jordan and you'll be healed. Naaman in in 2 Kings, the 5th chapter, verse 17. Naaman brings all kinds of gifts. Because the little girl that was the, the handmaid to his wife says, there's a prophet in Israel that can heal you. So he goes to the king. The king says, man, are you crazy? I'm not God. I can't heal you. And Elisha says, you send him to me, and he'll know that there's a God in Israel. And that's exactly what happened. But what he did... Naaman brought all kinds of gifts because he was expecting a lot. And he said, hey, because now I'm healed, I dipped according to what you said seven times and I'm healed. Here, take all of this stuff, all these raiment, all the gold, everything that I brought. And Elisha says, no, I don't want a dime. I don't want any of that stuff. You keep it. Take it back. And here's what Naaman requested. And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servant? Give me two mules burdens of this earth. For thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto any other gods but unto God. What does this mean? This means Naaman brought back some dirt from Israel all the way back to Samaria, where he was from. And he says, I'm going to use this for my worship. I'm going to have this crown in my place, in my prayer, and my altar, and I'm going to kneel on this earth because of what you've done. That's what makes worship so powerful in here of all the things that God's done. Yeah, I understand. It's just this kind of a building. Yeah, I understand. We got things going on. Yeah, I understand. There's construction that's happening. I understand all that. But you know what? This is the good earth. This is where God touched us. This is where God met you. This is where God filled you. This is where God's going to do miracles in your life. That's why, whatever you hear today, be a worshipper. Understand, there's a, He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek after Him, and take something home with you, will you? Take something home that will last and change your life and yeah, say, I'm never, ever, ever going to worship anything else but you, Lord. done so much. Let's sing it.